As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with stats and things we are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. What a what an interesting lead into this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Burns with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and more importantly, we have with us... The Oscar Award winning Marissa Morris. Marissa, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you guys? We're not bad. Zach, I, what's new with I you? Have, I have never felt more like a third wheel in my life, and <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, anyone who went on the athletic app or the athletic website today knows what I'm talking about. If you have not, I hope Marissa isn't too modest to put the link on the bottom of the screen here, but an outstanding story. <laughs> by Bo, about Marissa and, and Marissa's fiance, which we will get to. But uh, uh, as I said, I feel like a third wheel and appropriately so. This is, as, as Shil Kapadia joked with us over text message, th- when he said, this is Stacy's day in reference to mm. Stacey Andrews, this is Marissa's day today. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we will uh, we will get to that. We will get to uh, the story of, of Marissa and Michael. And uh, what Marissa's day has been like, I guess. Um, but we will we will start with Eagles news, just because if there are those of you who have not yet read the story, uh, we'll give you a chance to do that, and uh, you can still listen to the Eagles stuff before that. So Zach, it was a uh, it was a pretty light practice today for the Eagles. A bunch of veterans had the day off. Uh, they even beyond that went pretty light in terms of the practice. A couple of team periods in which it was sort of running uh run heavy and you know some seven on seven the uh the real highlight of the day like the big the most interesting thing that happened was uh nick sirianni and kevin patullo just ripping in to jalen rager 
after a play in which he, you know, either misaligned or uh, missed his assignment or didn't, whatever it was, he missed some very important coaching point because the two of them just relentless. I mean, easily the most we've seen uh, anybody lay into anybody and throughout, throughout this first uh, week and a half of camp. Yes. And I, I want to discuss it. I, I do want to point out the irony though, that, Every other episode we have when there's like <laughs> legitimate Eagles news to talk about, we don't talk about it. And instead we focus on some like esoteric birds with friends minutia, right? And so today when we have like legitimate birds with friends stuff to, to discuss, we are talking about Eagles minutia, right? Um, but uh, no, you are correct in that that was the, the most noteworthy thing to observe. And I I don't mind hard coaching, right? I I think that's what coaching is supposed to do. It, it wasn't done like maliciously, concussion uncle type way. It was it was in struggle. Like clearly, Jalen Rager did something wrong, and and they were fixing it. I distinctly remember Chip Kelly's approach was different. Chip Kelly used to say that you only have X amount of time on the field. Corrections are are, are done mm-hmm. at a different point, not during practice. Get on to the next play. This coaching staff is very hands on with the way they coach. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. And and then the other thing from today is uh, is Davion Taylor, who was having a, I think he was having a decent few days before and uh, the injury, came back yesterday. Then has a new injury, a calf injury, is week to week. So he'll he'll miss some time here. So as you know, as somebody points out in the chat, you know this this Rager situation is uh, is complicated. Um, he has you know recently lost a good friend and and was going through that. Uh, that was part of the reason he failed his conditioning test, and you know he wasn't necessarily in the right mental space to uh, to start training camp. But he's back, and you know we talked to him yesterday. Was it yesterday or two days ago? Everything blends together. I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yes. Um, and he said, you know, he's. He appreciated the support of the team. He even appreciated Sirianni holding him accountable, um, which, again, he did today. Um, but I'm curious what you think, Zach. Like, is there a chance that that Jalen Rager is not going to be even, like, you know, uh, the, 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 the number two receiver on this team? Like, are you, are you a little bit worried about Rager? He has not really done much since coming back. The other receivers have flashed more than he has. I still think he's going to be a top three receiver. Now, in 12, maybe Travis Fulgham's out there because Fulgham has played better. But I, I still think it's 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 going to be Rager. And I actually look at the coaching as an indication of that. You know, there's the old uh, Bill Parcells axiom or, or anecdote that, you know, if, if, he's, if he stops getting on you, if he stops yelling at you, that's when it's a problem. Because he, because he's another good, he's another good ex- axiom out of you, right? <laughs> right, like, like the fact we should that call you, we should call you Zaxium. I have a lot of these, um, but, but, but the fact that they're coaching him up is an indication that, that, like, that they think there's something more for him to achieve, and, and, uh, I think he, he, he will be a starter. I'm not telling you how productive he's, he's going to be, but right. he can be an electric player with the ball in his hands. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that the the, the really the only stuff we've seen him do aside from you know, a, a good period of one-on-ones against uh, Darius Slay is like be the go-to guy for wide receiver screens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was in the uh, in the Football Outsiders Almanac this year that he was one of the better wide receivers with wide receiver screens last year. That was really like one of the only few things he did well. And that is going to be a big part of this offense to some degree. So he'll he'll have a role there. But I don't know, like... 
I, I, I don't know that we should expect that much from Jalen Rager. Like, is it now? You know, he's going to have the opportunity because we know that you know the like the decisions on the depth chart and playing time are not solely up to the coaching staff, and with the presumption that Andre Dillard is going to lose the left tackle job, <clears throat> I would find it hard to have two recent wide rec- recent first round picks sitting on the bench. Like it's not like they have other guys who yeah. are, uh, you know, proven or even like that exciting, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, midway through the season um, he starts losing reps or even in the beginning of the season, if it's more of a rotation, like, you know, you see, plays with Quez Watkins out there, or you see plays with, uh, you know, Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham out there with Devontae Smith. I don't know. Like my, 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 my expectations for Rager year two have, this is probably an overreaction, but they have, they have diminished a little bit. His, his career track so far is like eerily similar to Nelson Aguilar's. Yeah. Uh, right down to like how the second year is going so far. Um, and so it is, it is pretty interesting. Uh, I remember vividly talking to someone this off season who was, you know, kind of pushing me to, uh, to not Jeffrey? be selling. <laughs> this was not Jeffrey, not be selling all my Jalen Rager stock, if you will. And, and, and basically what he was saying was that coaching staff last year's coaching staff, said they had all these ideas for how to use them and they, and they didn't really show any creativity. And I, I would imagine that, that, that there's an emphasis on being creative and getting Nelson Aguilar. Oh, I'm sorry. And getting Jalen Reagan. Now that said, it, it is a little concerning when like you have to dial up plays to get the, 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 the ball to somebody, he should be good enough to get open on his own and become a go-to guy on his own. Uh, nonetheless, I don't think that, the depth chart is so stacked behind him that someone's going to be pushing him. Although, look, if if Quez Watkins has a good summer at training camp and Jalen Rager, I'm sorry, in the preseason, and Jalen Rager does not do much, then if you say it's about a competition, like at some point you got to go with what your eyes show you. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that that is the kind of thing that I don't think they will do right away. Like I, yeah. I, I think Rager's draft pick status is going to be enough to Agreed. give him like – an entrenched position to start with, but and his uh, talent too. Like, like he does, he does have juice. You know, I don't know. I guess. I mean, that punt return touchdown last year was yeah. was yeah yeah. And and I mean, what juice did he ever show as a receiver? Week one, right? 50 yeah, that's true. Week two. one, yeah. you're right. Yeah, that Week was one. nice. There you go. Okay. Uh, again, not not a super newsworthy practice. Um, with the veterans that were out there was one sort of depth chart move which was that uh zach mcpherson who we talked about yesterday as sort of flashing he leapfrogged from the third team all the way up to the first team defense today which meant that he jumped over michael jaquette and craig james and worked with the ones opposite um steve nelson and he actually gave up a a, a play uh deep down the field to john hightower that was actually fairly well defended it was just a good throw and a good catch uh and he was active again but you know we talked about are we going to see some depth chart movement after week one? And uh, and we did. So good for uh, good for McPherson. And I, I thought you asked a good question to Jonathan Gannon today uh, about like implementing changes. And and what what Gannon said is that he really looks at it almost every four days, right? They do, right. They have four During days the, and then they have the, the off day. day. 
So which is interesting because this was not after an off day. No, no, no. They made a change when when Slay wasn't out there, right? right? So you know they had to put somebody in there. You are right, but no, I I am curious to see when they're back on Saturday. What if anything is different? Poor Marissa, just having to be having to be sitting here waiting and then like just listening to this nonsense and, and looking at the comments. I no. stand by what I said earlier. It is it is hilarious that like Bo all of a sudden <laughs> if, uh, wants to get into the minutia of training camp practice. I'm intrigued by all this. I you know the chat's weighing in. So I now like there to. is a bit of a uh, there's a bit there, there's a bit of a of a possibility we may have a visitor for this episode, Marissa. Um. I just got a call, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's coming here. So, okay, <laughs> we'll see. You know, Chekhov's <laughs> Chekhov's offensive lineman. Um, <laughs> what else, Zach? What else happened today? I mean, I I, I don't want to uh, delay the main attraction. Well, we're gonna have here, plenty. Of, I mean, but, we got to We get well, to the else? ads at some point, anyway. <laughs> so, what else happened today? Excuse me. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah. So you mentioned High Towers catch downfield. Jalen Hurts' they, worst throw he's had all camp. Um, he threw an interception to Jacoby Stevens. That was like Jacoby Stevens was just sitting right in the zone, exactly where Hurts was throwing the ball. He didn't see him at all. That was the worst throw I've seen from him uh, all camp. So Jacoby Stevens had a had an interesting explanation for yeah, it was like interesting. behind the scenes of what happened, and he said earlier in camp. Uh, this the same call uh, against play action, and he dropped too wide, and he he left the middle open, and so he he ran it as he was supposed to today, and he got the interception. So sign of progress for Jacoby Stevens back there. Uh, what else happened? When he said, "Yeah, it was a, it was it was uh, it was bittersweet." I, I learned that I need to trust trust the coaches. So yes, okay, could yeah. could have started a little bit sooner with that, Jacoby. <laughs> but fair enough. Um, um, but Andrew actually, Adams, it was interesting because the. The really nice throw to Hightower over McPherson was the very next play. So you know, a good little, a good little bounce back from from Jalen Hurts. Uh, Andrew Adams back from the COVID. Andrew Adams out. didn't have a beard. He didn't have a beard. What's the That's joke? Just, I mean, it's a it's a joke for. I'm not going to. It's just it's just a movie reference. It's not a good uh, joke. It's just. What's the movie? Don't make me explain it. No, but uh, what's the movie? Happy Gilmore. It's a Grizzly Adams did have a beard. So I said, Andrew oh, okay, Adams okay. did have a beard. Would you like me gotcha. to go even further? Got it. No, 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 no. I'm following you now. Okay. Uh, sorry. Price is wrong, right? <laughs> uh, so what else? Uh, Alex Singleton is on his way back. He's he's, he's mm. not fully there yet. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan was back on a limited basis. So nothing to be concerned about. Extremely limited. With that, with that injury. Miles Sanders dropped the ball in uh in these another drop from miles sanders yeah certainly something to to monitor there and what else daniel jeremiah from the nfl network was present today and he gave and us exactly what we predicted yesterday first take i mean it was like was, he listened to the episode yes so look i mean i i wish i wish there were like 2000 19 royalties that would be paying off now i vividly recall i it's the second time I, i've said vividly I, I i need to figure out yeah i, I need to go to the source here Vivacious. but uh <laughs> but we were sitting in the novacare uh media room up upstairs doing the podcast on and you were producing it this was before we had the benefit of having marissa yeah i was killing you 
And uh, and we were doing these daily pods, and I'm talking up Josh Sweat, and I compare him to Daniel Hunter. Guy couldn't get and, off the ball. <laughs> and you are killing me, killing me. Killing and you. now here he is, national guys pumping him up, 10-plus sacks, on the verge of a big payday. Uh, I, I, I went back. I wasn't there Saturday night's interview sessions. I went back, watched the press conference today. He concurs with uh, Tim McManus's question about him being on the verge of a breakout year, mm-hmm. right? Like said, yeah, he feels that way. So yeah. uh, they're not going to be able to keep this guy off the field. I I wish we could. Uh, I should have. We should have tried to pull the tape from yesterday's episode because I feel like that the call was not quite you know Shield Super Bowl level, but it was a pretty good call. I mean, we just said that if a a national reporter comes through, they're going to say, uh, take a look, watch out for this Josh Sweat. And basically, that was his number one point. Joshua yeah. had 10 sacks if he stays healthy. Um, um, Andrew Adams, we talked about, as you said, come, came back from uh, the COVID list and was working with sort of all the different safety groups. I'm curious to see what, what's going to happen with Alex Singleton when he gets back, although I sort of know the answer based on the way that they've handled the linebackers under Jonathan Gannon. And the answer is that he's going to work with the first team, the second team, and the third thing, team and work with each of the different Linebacker partners, basically, because that's what they want. They want yep. uh, they want guys to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? That's is there a good saying be. for that? Like find comfort in the discomfort. Is there is there like a uh, Bud Grant no, saying? I, no, but I, I I I was taught to do one thing every day to leave your comfort zone. So mm. that's uh that's that's something I, I strive to achieve every there day. You, go. you know what would would uh, accomplish that? Dyeing your hair blonde. That's a little too far beyond my comfort zone. I'm I'm like pushing the, the comfort zone limit, not not how about a beard? Over. A beard, perhaps, but that okay. And it'd yeah, be good because good. if you never had a beard, every day that your beard continues to grow would be leaving your comfort zone because you have never had a beard that big. So it would That's sort true. of let you off the hook from doing anything else. My four-year-old son, when if if I have any scruff, he'll he'll say. I, I, you're supposed to shave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like the scruff. Well, yeah. Well, the scruff, but once it gets it's bigger, it's then it'll be sort of gotcha. pillowy and that'll be fine. Gotcha. That's yeah. That's, that's like people who, uh, who run long distances. They say like, like once you get past <laughs> that, that, uh, like a, a certain point, you know, the endorphins kick in and, right. and, and you, uh, you know, like you How feel you know good. this from your bike rides. No, it's uh, the, the uh, I am not a good runner, man. I I got to push through that to hit to hit that runner's high. I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, worth talking about, but I really don't think that there was. Uh, Post practice, though, there were some uh, semi-interesting press conferences. Tell us about uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside pulling sort of a uh, Ronnie Dangerfield in his mind. So. Well, Ronnie Back Dangerfield to school. gets no respect. Oh, okay. I was thinking no respect. I yeah. was like, uh, so here we go. So uh, with with JJ, he he said that in the past in the past two years, he got caught up in I need to show them this, I need to do that, and he needs to go back to what worked in college, which was uh, do all the things great that require no talent, and then let your talent take over when it's necessary. So. Uh, he would, he, you know, he be was great at the about, things that require no talent. Yeah. Yes, and exactly. Then, then let your talent exactly. take over. So now look. he said he was sort of like, uh, you know, he was trying to do what everybody else was doing. So like if, you know, 
Alshon Jeffrey trains this way. He should train that way too instead of uh, dancing with the girl who brought him. I I wrote last August in a, a JJ I think a Whiteside story about you know learning from the lessons from from year one, applying it for year two. He caught that. I did not say vividly remember here. Okay, so mm. I I, I okay. wasn't gonna do it the third time, but I do remember right in front of us on you know the back of the end zone when he. He caught like three touchdowns in a practice. Mm-hmm. If you, if he gave he, the which one? Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, look, I'm not going to fall for it. This year, he's he's always been a good August player. He needs to do it in September, in October. But JJ is a like he he is a hard worker. He does care. He's 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 not one of these guys who the problem is like sure. he he doesn't give a beep. You know, like he he does care. It's just we need to see the talent. Now, uh, I thought Travis Fulcom's press conference was interesting because Fulgham when asked about his drop off last year said, well, Alshon got healthy. And so they they put Alshon in there. Yeah, it was his spot. The explanation from Aaron Moorhead was that defenses started to adjust to Travis Fulgham and he had to learn how to adjust. Uh, When Travis Fulgham was asked of when, if he can be the October Travis for four months, he basically said, "Yeah, if they throw me the ball ten times a game, right?" So apparently, all he needs. It was target, very right? interesting. It was not like it was not like, um, well, you know, Alshon came back and got healthy, but you know, I also could have done some other stuff. It was like there was none of that. It was like, oh, that was the decision they made, and it's interesting because, I mean, the position coach is still here. It's the same guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was. It, it's kind of it, awkward. It wasn't like I I learned so much from from you know November and December that it can apply. It was it was more like like it was really hard for me. You know? Well, it's interesting so. because it's like it is it's a funny dichotomy between him and JJ, right? JJ, because yes. one guy is like he's saying all the right things, but you don't like it's probably you don't yeah. think it's gonna matter. And then Fulgham is like he's not saying the right things. He's saying the wrong things. But if it's a wide receiver, that's probably what you want, right? You want the guy with with sure. like crazy self confidence that borders on, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ar- pathological. Ar- pathological. Well, it, yeah. It's. I mean, not. I. I don't want to overstate Fulcom's comments, but uh, it reminds me sometimes of of like Rick Vaughn in Major League Two. You know mm-hmm. where he has the great year, year one, and then he comes back year two, and he's like, "Yeah, so right." He's got the uh, eliminator. Yeah, yeah. Fulgham's not that way, but it 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 was like, well, yeah, the coaches put Alshon in there, right? So, yeah, that was interesting. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, who else did we hear from? Jacoby Stevens, Jonathan Gannon. Let's John get Hightower. to your story. Let's get okay. to the Marissa and, and Michael. Yeah, there's, there's not much else to talk about with the yes. Eagles. Uh, we will, the Eagles are back uh, tomorrow for the last practice of this four-practice stretch before an off day on Friday. Uh, so we will be back tomorrow. But uh, why don't we why don't we do our ads now? And, oh, go ahead. And, and we should say, too, you know, so, so Sirianni talks tomorrow. You said the off day is Friday, Saturday. Uh, is a normal practice. Sunday is at the link. So if oh, if you want to see the Eagles in person, you can see that practice at, at it's 7 a night p.m. practice, right? Yeah, seven p.m. on okay. Sunday night. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so uh, for those of you who have that was not a thanks to you. That was a thanks to the Eagles. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying I, to. I was, I was not. I was not getting on you. You're, you're, you were doing the right thing, giving <laughs> us the correct information. Um, okay. So if you have not read the story or you don't care to hear about it, if you just want to, you know, give Marissa a big middle finger and say, uh, "Who cares?" Then leave and never come back. Um, otherwise, you can go read the story or you can come back later. But we're, we'll go to the ads now, and then on the other side, we will uh, we will talk to Marissa and Zach. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we're back on Birds with Friends, but Wolf, Zach Berman, and please, uh, give it up, give it up. <laughs> From Marissa Morris. Marissa, how are you? I'm really great, really great. Um, today was so overwhelming and so amazing, and I am so grateful to work with such amazing people like you guys, and you wrote our story so beautifully, Bo, and... Yep. I'm just so grateful for all the nice comments and all the people that reached out. And it's really, really nice to see. Well, I mean, all the credit goes to, goes to you, Michael, but the people have been very nice. Uh, so nice. Which is, which oh, is I've nice been crying all day. I said to Bo before we came on here, what was the bird line for how many times I cried mm. on here? So let, I'll try and keep it at a minimum. I don't want to get what too was, sappy on anyone. Wouldn't be, you would not, it would not be the first time someone has cried on the show. So. <laughs> Usually it's crying I'm, laughing. But. Usually, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm curious, what was last night like? Because I I know from the reporter's perspective, like the night before a story comes out, there's there can often be nerves. Like, I hope I got this right. I hope this comes across the way I, I wanted it to. Uh, put me in the shoes of the subject. Like, like, what was last night like knowing that this is coming out the next day and you'll essentially be outed? Um, I was, it literally felt like Christmas Eve. <laughs> I was so nervous. We messaged about that. I was Slack, so, yeah. yeah, I was so nervous. Um, not for the story. Like I know, I know Bo would have, you know, done a great job, but. What I if I just, just crushed you guys? <laughs> <laughs> just a hit I mean, you could have. <laughs> um, but it was funny cause I was texting. I have a girl cousin's chat and I was like, what should Flex. my tweet? what should my tweet say in the morning? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really good at this. Like, I like to be on the other side of things. So I was like, does this sound okay? Like, and they're like shooting all different ideas at me. And um, I set my alarm for 7am because I knew it would, mm. the story would uh, come out at seven. So 7am, I'm on the athletic app, like refreshing the feed. My eyes were like not even open. I have my sleep mask on my head. <laughs> And then, and then as soon as I opened it, I start bawling, crying, reading everything. So, um, I just can't get over. You're very talented, Bo, and I'm very well. That's, that's not about me. 
telling uh, our story. Yeah. It's, this was this was your story. Um, I guess uh, I guess I guess we, we might as well start with uh, like let's start with the playoff game because uh, you know we we were part of the select few uh, who did who didn't know about this going into that game yes. and like we talked about it like I've never had more fun like watching a game I've, and I've also never like just watched the left guard during a game and he was it was amazing just I mean just from our perspective only knowing you. And seeing him play in this game, like I can't, I can't even imagine what it what it was like for you. I mean, we talked about it, it was like actually like I, it was like an outer body experience. Um, I the stadium was silent because there was only every player got like two tickets, so there was like I think less than two thousand people in the entire stadium, um, and obviously it was all going the Browns' way in the first quarter, so it was just silent and everyone's texting me and I'm trying to watch the game. And I'm like, it was just so surreal. Like, you know, he has worked so hard for that moment. And there has been so many ups and downs that have led to that moment. And like, it was just so overwhelming. Like it's to, I've said this to you guys to see like the person you care about and love succeed is almost better than, when you succeed at something yourself, because you know it, like how much effort and how many, I'm going to cry, <laughs> how many ups and downs have led to that moment. <laughs> One. So if the chat wants to create a bird line, there we go. Um, you know, it, like, I mean, when the, when the XFL ended, you know, COVID was going on. We didn't know if there was, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast. We didn't know if there was going to be an NFL season, like let alone, did he think he was going to get, a workout somewhere to sign with the oh, team. Oh, we got breaking you know? news. We got breaking oh. news. We have an NFL player in our chat. <laughs> I guess I should click and put it Michael's on Michael's on in the yeah. chat. Michael wow. Dunn has entered the chat. <laughs> he must have just gotten out of practice mm-hmm. then. <laughs> he just sent out a tweet too. So that, I, I was going to say that was the breaking news, but he went next level. <laughs> well, I'm very grateful. I will have to say, you know, obviously I've always gone to his games and you know, everything. And, but he is so supportive of literally everything I do. He, I mean, during the Ospreys, he texted me, congratulations on the Emperor (laughs) Penguin Award, (laughs) which was the night before camp. And he was watching the Ospreys. Well, that's what everybody does. That's exactly. I mean, he wasn't tuned into the Ospreys. Jason Kelsey texted him. Are are you watching this man? (laughs) (laughs) My Lada's taking up all these awards. I mean, I do um, think that there is like you could say that, um, you know, Michael didn't get his start, his first start in the NFL until he was a Birds with Friends listener. <laughs> you could very well say like, that. I mean, I'm not Absolutely. saying it's causation, but. Absolutely. So. He does so. listen to the Can't Wait podcast, though, too. So <laughs> well, I told I'm going to be fair with all my podcast children. <laughs> I told you I had to like it, it was very hard for me not to put in some kind of line like, you know, Marissa Morris, who who produces uh, several podcasts on The Athletic of varying degrees of success, ranging from Birds with Friends all the way to Can't Wait. But <laughs> Connor would have got, got a real kick it out of that. Um. So, so one quick anecdote and then a question. Um Bo was talking about how, how like we don't even know him and, and we were following this. If you go back and rewind the tape and listen to our 
podcast from that week, we made a bunch of veiled references mm. to the Browns offensive line. In, That's true. That oh, there's been that, lots of them. Yes, there's little that, Easter eggs throughout. Like, sure. every, I'm honestly surprised. No, like, did, you know, there's a lot of defaults in this chat that are pretty good with picking up <laughs> on things. I'm pretty so surprised. Thankfully, not too creepy, connected. though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody connected all the dots. I mean, you know, like I said in the story, it's hard being a woman in this industry and, you know, you're judged on so many things. And, you know, I've wanted to work in sports since I was in third grade. Like I grew up a diehard Yankees fan. I, you know, idolized Kim Jones as a kid. She covered mm. the Yankees before she was at NFL Network. Yeah. Um, Star so, you know, this is the what Aaron Boone I, game. The Aaron Boone game was literally, you know, so it's like Michael Dunn, Michael Dunn's first playoff game um, is here now. And the Aaron Boone game has kind of been beat. But um, yeah, the 2003 ALCS, uh, I was in third grade uh, in right field. Incredible. But yeah, it was awesome. But, uh, you know, so I've wanted to work in sports my whole life. And I just, you know, people can be mean online. So kind of always felt like, <laughs> kind of always felt like, you know, let me do my thing and nobody needs to know about, you know, I'm a pretty open person, but like, I just, I just didn't want, you know, people to think I was in this business for the wrong reasons because I love working in sports and it's what I've always wanted to do. So, um, it, you know, now that we're engaged and, you know, I the secret kind of came out in that game because I was just getting tagged and things like left and right. And there was like no, you know, at that point, I'm like, OK, but um, our I know like our story is pretty, pretty crazy. And I'm grateful that uh, you were able to tell it so beautifully. I I had a, a separate question. Did did you want to follow up, though, Bo, no, 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 on, go ahead. on the sports? Trainer? OK, so I'm um, I'm I'm I was fascinated reading you know, because you were along for the ride the entire way. And anyone who listens to birds with friends, like we, we try to humanize these guys at, 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 at times, but, but the reality is we're, we're talking about players, right? Like, like, like we are, you know, we're cutting them, we're trading them. Um, you are, you are there behind the scenes. You see it day to day. What perspective do you have? on professional football that is like unique to you that that we can't convey just covering them the way we do good question um yeah i would say like you know everyone's got a story and like that week leading up to michael's playoff game people are like michael dunn who the hell is this cam hayward's <laughs> gonna destroy him you know like got twisted yeah yeah but like I think that it's, I do it too. I think it's, you know, we look at these players as, you know, just like pieces of the game, but they're, mm -hmm. they're people and everyone has feelings and families and things going on behind the scenes that could be impacting their day-to-day, -day, you know, performance on the field. So I, I just think like, always remembering that everybody has a story. Everybody has a bad day. <laughs> I know that's like pretty cliche, but like, you know, like people are going through things and you don't always know what everyone's going through. So, um, you know, like in Michael's case, there's been so many ups and downs and like things when I was going through with my health stuff, I'm like, you know, that had to impact his performance and that had to impact his desire to keep playing because 
when you go through, you know, when you're watching me go through something like that, like football doesn't matter, you know, cry too for the chat who's counting of how many times I'm tearing up. But, you know, I, I would just say trying to remember that all players and everybody has something that they're going through in a background. So, um, so you, so you brought it up and we don't have to, we don't have to dwell on it if you don't want to, but, um, you were, uh, very generous with, with sharing your story, um, of what you have been through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was struck by, you know, when you, when you get emotional about it, it's not like, it's not because of what you went through. Um, it's because you're thinking of like the help that your mom was giving you and, you know, what Michael was going through being so far away. And it's just, you know, it's just striking how, um, you know, how empathetic you are. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if it, whatever, whatever you want to share from, from that time, uh, go ahead. Um, I mean, everybody has dealt with somebody. I feel like that's gone through some sort of cancer or things like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, you can cut us off anytime you want. <laughs> no, I'm fine. But, but, like I told you when we were when you were interviewing us, um, you know, I have never been shy about talking about what I've went through, but I also like have never posted on social media. I, I, I never had the words to ex you know, like I, I just it wasn't like I wanted didn't want people to know. Like everybody knew that I was what I was going through, but um I never knew how to to word it or say it. And, you know, I think it taught me like that not to sweat the small stuff because there's way more important things than your job, than, you know, a fight you're having with a friend. Like, and I think a lot of people learned that this year after COVID, I feel like, you know, you're like, okay, you know, I'm worrying about, I don't know, getting the next job or, you know, moving into that new place. Like, you know, it, 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 none of that really matters. Like, you know, what your football didn't matter. And as much as we all love football, like it did not matter. Like I went from like, okay, is he going to make the team to like, you know what? Like, this is great. He has the opportunity. Like, let's see what happens. So I think just reminding yourself when you get, and I still do it to this day. Like I get all worked up about, you know, stupid things. And I have to like take a step back, always just realizing that, there's uh, another ad. your happiness <laughs> your your health your your physical and your mental health is more important than literally anything else there is so i'll just leave it at that <laughs> um it, well it's interesting like you know, you said, no no that was very that was uh, very eloquent um you said the thing about how uh you know, the perspective that a lot of people got over the past year plus, um, you know, you guys got the year uh, before. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we've talked about how in a weird way, like not like people uh, like dying all over the world aside, um, COVID sort of worked out a little bit in, in Michael's favor. Um, and you wouldn't have thought that was going to be the case because in the beginning of that preseason, you know, the roster sizes were cut from from ninety to eighty, but it turned out that like the incredible uh, ups and downs of, and journeys that he'd been on, being on you know six teams, three leagues, having to figure things out, was sort of the perfect preparation for 
um, what he was going to have to deal with this season. You know, so much remote learning, um, being thrown in without being able to practice at all. Like, um, you know, it was sort of a uh, sort of a mitzvah. <laughs> That's a good choice of words. It was like <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just I mean, the COVID stuff last year like was. I, I didn't leave the apartment because, you know, I can work remotely, thankfully, and had lots of podcasts to work on. But I was worried about, you know, me getting anything and giving it to him because, God forbid, like, you know, I'm the reason that there's a spread mm -hmm. on the team. And there were, you know, we saw that a lot last year. So, you know, he really like, he was so focused and, and it was just all football. And you know, he really like got, I feel like there was no distractions, nothing. And, and I, you know, the COVID year was, I mean, COVID's still going on. Let's not, you know, say mm -hmm. it's over. Um, but yeah, I think. Don't get political like, on this podcast. Marissa. Yeah, we're not, we're not. <laughs> I don't need to go into that. I don't need any haters in my messages, but you know, send they me, were. Send me all the hate, please. <laughs> like when, when you know, they had the outbreak before the playoffs, like they had just put another guy on IR. He had gotten hurt the week before. And then, and then Joel unfortunately got COVID and it was like, you're up. Like you couldn't, you know, he, he did not have time to like, he had just had to get ready and whatever way he, you know, like the Steelers had been getting ready. Like it didn't matter. Like he, it was his shot and it was time to perform. And thankfully that's, that's what happened. So what was the biggest kind of sliding doors moment in this story? Like, like what, because there were so many things that happened, some not in his favor, obviously some in his favor. Right. And, and I, I shouldn't say in his favor in, in both of you, because it really struck me that you guys were a team in this. Right. Um, but like what happened that if this, if this just went a little bit different, this story is entirely different. Um, I'll say two things. One, um, I have to give credit to Bo mentioned in the story, Michael's offensive line coach from Jacksonville and Miami, Pat Flaherty, because he was like the first and he was Eagles fans might know he was the Giants offensive line coach during the Super Bowl, two Super Bowls. Um, he no, don't turn him against you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but like he really believed in Michael and like he was just a great support to Michael. And I think, you know, having that person that believes in you and encourages you and like, you're like, okay, I'm not doing this for any reason. You know, I'm not doing this for nothing kind of thing. Um, so when teams weren't bringing in players last year to work out, it was like August 7th. I, or I think he ended up leaving. It was, it was August. So camp had started and they were not working out guys. So, you know, if he wasn't invited to a camp, like he was his, his, Who's going to be done. And Again, it was his idea. Marcy, he's always done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lots of puns with the, the last name. Um, but like, you know, he was like, all right, I'm going to ask flats to put me through a virtual workout. Well, they're going to be at a workout at the field and you film it and then put it together and we could send it to teams. And at least if teams are like, okay, this is, you know, they, he wasn't currently, um, he's now, a part of the Giants organization as a consultant, I believe. But at the time he was not affiliated with any team. Um, and 
if he they see him putting me through a workout and what I can do, maybe they'll bring me in and sign. And we went through this whole workout. I filmed everything. I was, you know, like ready to go, edit it, put it all together. And literally he got a call from his agent that the Browns wanted to bring him before we had left the field. Like it was like eerie how it was like such fate. Like no one ended up seeing that workout. Like it wasn't, it wasn't needed. And I, it's just like amazing to me that like it all happened that way. Like we did this whole thing and they, they called while we were there. So I would say that is one thing. And then I would say his decision to do the XFL. He really, I was going to bring, yeah, I'm glad you brought he, this up. He really did not want to do the XFL. You know, he, so he spent the year, he spent like portions of the year on the Jaguars practice squad. He did the AAF, and then I went through all my health stuff. He went to the Dolphins. Flaherty got fired. It was, you know, like just a jumbled. And that was when I was like, you know what? Football doesn't really matter. Like, we're happy, like, whatever. And his grandmother had passed away, unfortunately. And we went back to Maryland for homecoming. And so he had gotten drafted to the Seattle team in the XFL during all of this time. And Sixth round of the offensive of line course. draft. So it means right. he's like, he's, he's a starter. I mean, he's a backup already. He, he was like, are they like, like, he just, it was so deflating, like so deflating. And he got drafted to the Seattle team of all, like literally there was a team in DC. There was a team in New York, like so many local area teams. And of course the farthest across the country. And we went to Maryland for homecoming. And this is um, great. This is one of the, like the, uh, the, the things that like w had to be on the cutting room floor that I was, I was sad to see go. So I'm glad you're telling the story. Yeah. So we went to um, Bentley's, which if any Terp fans know is like a classic Maryland bar. Scott Van Pelt talks about it all the time and it was homecoming and Maryland was playing Michigan the next day. And in the corner was Steve Levy, Todd McShay and a few other people from ESPN because they were calling the game the next day. And me being the journalist in me was like, oh my God, like, I got to go introduce myself to them. Like, I got to go network. So of course I like trot over there. Michael doesn't come with me at first because he's like, oh my God, what is she saying to them? But I just like <laughs> introduced myself and was like, oh, I work for The Athletic, Um, you know, had a network. So then he eventually comes over and they were, Steve Levy was the voice of the XFL. Well, I don't know if it even had been announced yet, but he told us that he was going to be. And Michael's like, yeah, you know, he told him his whole story and was like, I'm not sure if I should do it. And they were making jokes like, hey, Todd McShay, was he on your big board? Like all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> and uh, they were like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, if you could keep playing football and get paid to do it, like what else you got lined up? Like, you know, and he, Michael was an economics major at Maryland. He's super smart. Like that is his biggest attribute. He is so smart. Like, he, I mean, the stuff he can figure out in his head. And they were like, you should do it. We ran into a few other people that weekend and they're like, oh, hey, congrats on the XFL stuff. And Michael, like his tune changed, you know, he was like, all right, I might give it one more go around. And then little did he know what like he would. And he played very well in the XFL. He was like the top offensive line him. I think it was the second best offensive lineman in the league, according to PFF. And it was the best, was according to me, a BFF. <laughs> Pro football yes. focus. <laughs> yes. So, you know, then there was a global pandemic to end that season. But again, like he got his film from that, you know, like the point of these other leagues is to get film like that's, you know, you want to showcase what you can do. That's the best thing you can do.
but you know the pandemic happened and he had no idea if he was even going to get picked back up and fast forward to January 10th and he's starting in a playoff game at Heinz Field in the Browns first playoff win in 26 years so I mean I have to pinch myself like all the time and you know fast forward to now and you know he's got to make the 53-man roster and you know it's they have Browns have like the best offensive line in the league and he's lucky to be learning from you know such a great coach and great teammates so he's working really hard and you know it's been it's been such a crazy journey but I'm so thrilled to you know be where we are today and healthy and happy and you know whatever happens with football happens it says a lot about you though too because you know, I mean, I mean, not to, I, I, I'm not an, obje- I'm not an objective source here, obviously, because we're friends. But like, there's a Flex. lot of people. <laughs> there's, I can imagine there's a lot of significant others who would be like, you know, this isn't working out for you, right? Or, or this isn't going to work. Like, like, get real. You know, it's the NFL. Uh, but it's, it seemed through both storytelling that like you were really the one who was in his corner the entire time, even when he had doubts. Yeah. I mean, I just knew he needed his opportunity. Like, I feel like he just, like he needed to be able to showcase what he could do. And I feel like in the middle of his career, like things were really crazy with everything in our personal life and, you know, everything I was going through. And I just feel like he wasn't like at his best. And I just wanted him to get that shot. So he knew, you know, like, down the road, he got that shot and he gave it his all. And if it didn't work out, he gave it his all, you know? So for him to have the opportunity he had last year, like, I mean, I could cry again, but I'm, I think I'm ready at three. So it was just so rewarding to see, like when you put in so much work and you have no idea if it's going to pay off, but when it finally does, it's like the best feeling for me to see for him, you know? And for him, I'm sure as well. So well, and and one of the um, one of the things that he said that I really liked was, you know, about, you know, people ask me if I played in the NFL, and like I didn't know what to say. Like, you know, I was he on, I was on, that. yeah, he, like, I don't know, like I, yeah. I was on some like Practice rosters, was, but I never, yeah. yeah. And I he and he said all I really wanted was to just feel a part of a team for one mm-hmm. season, and he got that. And then, and then, like the cherry on top, you know, he got to start in the playoff game and, yeah. like, just dominate. Um, yeah. And like, I don't, I, I, you cannot overstate how good he was in that game. I know he was so good. Oh, we've watched it like <laughs> a lot of times. I mean, he's really lucky to to block for a guy like Nick Chubb because you mm. know he's pretty incredible. Um, but uh, like. It just, he laid it all out there, you know? And like I said, leading in, leading up to it, like, you know, I'm looking, me being the investigator, like looking on Twitter, what people are saying. So it wasn't like reported before that he was starting, Mm. but it was like, connect the dots. Like the Browns had no other interior guys. There's a funny, there's a funny story of, uh, of the athletic football show. Yes. Yes. So I also produced the athletic football show and um, Robert Mays did not know at the time about Michael and um, him and Nate Tice were recording and there was like the end of the podcast and Nate or Robert said something about Nick Harris starting for Joel Batonio. 
And I knew that wasn't true because they had just put Nick Harris on IR. Like that was out there. So I was like, oh, actually, pause. Um, <laughs> they just put Nick Harris on IR. And Robert's like, oh, okay, I'll redo that part. And he's like, do you know who's starting? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> and I like I have an idea, but yeah, I don't know. But, you know, it wasn't out there, and I have to, you know. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, like I just, it's been such an overwhelming, amazing day, and you know, I hope people like, you know, I don't want to be like cliche and corny, but like, you know, everybody goes through setbacks. Every good buddy goes through up and downs. Like, you know, like just keep going and eventually it will, it will start to rise and things will eventually you'll be forced to, to produce a ridiculous <laughs> podcast. Um, well, I, yeah. I have a lighthearted question if I can, Please um, do. because we know Bo Wolf, the podcast host, we know, mm. you know, Bo Wolf, the press conference questioner, we know Bo Wolf in scrums, but you had, a unique look at like Bo Wolf, the reporter working on a big feature story. Uh, take the gloves off here, right? Like, like Please. what what's Bo like as a reporter in, I mean, in situations? So diligent. Like we we literally talked on Zoom for like four hours, and like Bo knows what's going on. Like Bo, Bo, you know, he's been up to date on all this, but he like you know dotted every i and crossed every t and you know, checked with me to make sure he had everything correct. And I mean, he, like I said, there was so many, we literally went through our whole story. And once you get me talking, I can kind of talk. I'm sure Michael. Yeah, you're a, 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 dream, a, a dream subject. It seems <laughs> I'm like. I'm sure yeah. Michael did that too. But let me tell you, he can also talk. Oh, he was too. Michael was talking. Yeah. Yeah. He was like giving like details, like you know, we were talking about the, you know, play that he got hurt in at senior year and he was, like describing the whole, like where everybody Which was. Which I did get field. video. If I did get video of that, of that play, I thought it would be sort of uh, not, not very nice to put it. Uh, put it, <laughs> the script, it Well, it was his dream play and it just did not go as according to plan, but you know, so he was pretty chatty too, but I mean, like I didn't read any of the story well i read part of the part about like when i went through all of my surgery and everything Bo wanted me to see that part just to make sure and like i said i was very open with sharing everything i went through because maybe somebody will read it and make sure they make that doctor's appointment that they were i don't know you know i like i never ever in my whole life thought at 24 i would have a bilateral mastectomy but you know i'm grateful for i mean doctors, nurses, everybody are just so incredible. And after this year, we just went through like, I mean, I can't thank them all enough. But um, so that was the only part of the story I had read um, until this morning. So when I opened my athletic app this morning and oh man, I was lots of waterworks. <laughs> Which is a tough, like it's, it's a tough only section to read, I guess. But Yeah, but I mean, the whole story was just, you, you really did such a good job. And Bullwolf, the reporter, is is excellent. Okay. Well, this is making me uncomfortable. This, <laughs> this is about you. Um, but thank you. Um, a few a few other uh, things that were like cutting room floor that, that um, if you wanted to to talk about um, for the people who read the story. Uh, you, so you you talked about it like the Maryland, you know, that was originally a little bit longer. Like, you know, his because he, he had an up and down journey 
at Maryland. You know, he comes as a walk on. You know, he didn't he didn't start as a, a, a high school football player until his senior year. Yeah. Puts on like 75 pounds, uh, something like that. And he gets a job as a redshirt freshman. He's a starter um, and he starts all four years. And then he's all, as you said, he's he every every year, every like practice or whatever, he's advocating for the River Dunn play. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. He finally gets it. And it, it <laughs> torpedoes his, his professional career. I mean, he talked about that play forever. And I was actually working. I was in um, working at Pix11 at the time. And I was doing producing news, which was quite um, very eventful. Um, and I was watching it. like I was streaming it on one of my work computers. And I like saw him go down and like he cut to commercial and I'm like, oh my God. And I actually, um, which I remind him to this day about this. So I was working in the city. I think I got off at like 10 o'clock PM. Like I worked like, you know, the, I guess it was two to 10 shift. And I was so concerned about him that night. I drove all the way from New York city to college park, Maryland, just to check on him and be with him once they got home from Indiana. And then the next day I got up and drove back to Manhattan and went straight to work. I think I like wore the same clothes or I had like bought a shirt from somewhere. I don't even remember. But um, I mean, his journey to Maryland was similar to his journey here. Like he, he went to Jewish day school until eighth grade. And they didn't have a football team, so he transferred. Yeah, not a hotbed of football. Uh, <laughs> yes, so. they did not have they did not have a football team, so he went transferred to a public high school, and he was just like loved being part of a team and was so happy. He did not start in high school until his senior year. He was on JV as a junior. Um, his one friend currently who's been his friend since high school started above him and he's about five ten, So we make like <laughs> jokes all the time. Like how in the world did you start before him? Um, Sounds so tall he, to me, but <laughs> he, he, <laughs> go on. Yeah. He, um, you know, like when looking at colleges, like, you know, was looking like D one double a, um, and then he got an offer from Maryland to be a walk on and was like, this is incredible. Like I could go, you know, we were in the ACC at the time. Um, was so happy to just like be a part of the Maryland football team. Like, you know, didn't imagine <laughs> that he would redshirt. And then we have a correction. Sorry, Michael, <laughs> Michael uh, chimes in that he was on varsity his junior year. He just didn't see the field. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Fair let's, enough. Let's, so let's he, give the guy the credit he deserves, please. Yeah. So he didn't start until his senior year of high school. Um, and then he gets to Maryland, redshirts year, puts on 70, 80 pounds, whatever it was, and then goes on to start to 48 straight games for Maryland. Like, I mean, you really can't make this stuff up. Like, it is pretty like, like, a, like a movie script. Um, and then he got hurt his senior year, missed one game, and continued to play because the coaches were like, you should keep playing. Well, and this <laughs> and is they, like a, you know, this is like a classic. This is a thing that we would get on coaches for. Like, yeah. they were not looking out for his best interests. Like, get yeah. the surgery, dude. Like, yeah. So he got but, the surgery. You know, like, you know, was you're like you're committed to the team. Yeah. He could have gotten it. Was The game was like Halloween. So he could have gotten it in October. But he came back. He played with like one of those harness things on his shoulder. Um, big team guy. <laughs> but you know, so like that impacted a lot of the draft stuff because he, 
he couldn't do anything really like during like pro days or anything like that. Like he was still rehabbing. And then when he got to the Rams, he definitely wasn't, you know, he was healthy, but he wasn't, he hadn't been playing football in, you know, a while. So it, it just didn't really start the way he had envisioned it would. And I loved his quote in there, like this, you know, that playoff game was kind of like the final chapter of like those four years. And now it's like kind of like the new book and, mm -hmm. you know, this new, you know, these next steps in his career. And I'm so excited to see what's next for him. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Um, the other the other thing I wanted you to touch on is uh, the the dynamic in the house between your mom and Michael uh, oh, like and how she's all, like always on his side. Yeah, Always on his side. You think she's my mother that she would take my side. And if we're getting in an argument, she's like, Maris, well, and I'm like, hey, you're <laughs> supposed to take my side. You know, I work a lot at night. Obviously, I do a lot of these podcasts and stuff. So they will sit at the counter and play backgammon and they're trash talkers to each other. Michael like wouldn't for the longest time would not like say anything towards her because, you know, he's trying to be like the nice, respectful, like future son-in-law. But my mom is like a huge trash talker. She'll just go right at him. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm backgammoned you. Like I'm ready to. <laughs> and Good. now he's started to really pick it up. He'll be like, Ooh, what kind of move was that? Well, maybe <laughs> maybe in the chat, Michael can answer if uh, if Marissa's mom is the best trash talker he's ever faced. Or if, you know, Cam <laughs> Hayward is better. <laughs> yeah, Michael, I, I don't know the answer to that. We'll see. <laughs> But uh, it's it's really nice to see like their relationship and you know his parents are amazing too and his dad is like I mean we'll like fly drive to be wherever Michael is you know you, you wrote about it in the story he was there fun was to talk to there was supposed to be ten there were supposed to be fans at the game um, the the playoff game versus the Steelers they were supposed to allow a certain amount of fans but then they declared because of the state emergency that only friends and family could go to the game. So, but before that he had bought like dozens of tickets for anyone in their family that wanted to go because, you know, he's just been such a great support to Michael, his mom as well. So um, he's, he's lucky to have them. And, and I'm so lucky to have my parents as well. We couldn't do it without them for sure. Should we, should, do we want to out Michael on uh who his favorite team was growing up and who his favorite player was. <laughs> so the challenge should we, say that? Should we, we don't want to lose it. We don't know. We don't want to, we don't want to mess up the love fest. Michael it's has a family dog named Brady. Ooh. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Brady Quinn of the Browns. He grew up a big Browns fan. He loved yes. Brady Quinn and all worked out very well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, you mentioned it. The uh, the club of Jewish football players, pretty exclusive. Like yep. it, it, Michael has a chance to really rise up the ranks here. <laughs> I mean, Mitchell Schwartz and Jeff Schwartz got that pretty. Uh, well, pretty, yeah, we got a we, we, you know a good <laughs> offensive line forming. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, 
Jeff Schwartz has done some stuff for The Athletic, obviously, at a podcast here. And I know how Michael, like, loves, like, read their book in college and, like, thinks so highly of them because, you right. know, sim similar backgrounds and they're both great players. And um, so me being, like, the, you know, outgoing fiancé and, you know, I, of course, messaged. Jeff had posted, like, a film review of the game and said something really nice about, you know, the left guard did. So, of course, I messaged him and I was like, hey, by the way. And he was like, no way, tell him to reach out. Um, so joining that Jewish offensive lineman uh, group. But, uh, yeah, they're both both excellent players and uh, definitely have been an a inspiration to Michael. In the chat, they want to know who's going to play you in the movie. Uh, they, I'm, I'm curious who would play Michael. And also, as I read the story and as I listened to this, the – the only shame in this is like that's such a like such like a smart, impressive, empathetic, like tough as nails person is like subjected to producing the Ospreys and like uh being well, like at least two, that's fun. Like I two in the morning doing like uh fleet world order or flu world order, whatever it is. So yeah. <laughs> I love my job. Bo and I had so much fun getting ready for the Oscars. We did have a like, lot of fun. We literally yeah. were like, imagine if we worked on a TV show together. This would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but I really do. Like, so I left Major League Baseball because I wanted it. Like, it was post my surgery and everything. And they were so good to me when I had to be out. Um, but I was working, like, really late hours. And we could Michael and I weren't able to be together a lot because he was in different cities. And I had got to the point where I was like, my happiness is more important than my career. So actually two of the people I used to produce podcasts with at Major League Baseball, um, Anthony Kastrovitz and Richard Justice, they actually had sent me the job posting for The Athletic and were like, you should apply to this. Like, you're great at our podcast. This is a job that you can work remotely and then you could, you know, get the best of both worlds. And uh, tomorrow is actually my two years at The Athletic. So tomorrow I- Tomorrow is, that's great. Tomorrow is, I just got- Shout it out in that yeah. little announcement thing we get on Slack. <laughs> um, but I'm like so grateful for everyone I work with here. Everyone has been so awesome to me. And I've learned so much about all different things in sports and producing. And um, I'm really lucky to have a job and coworkers like you guys. Like you make my job very fun. Um, I'm laughing because uh, Tracer Bullet uh, says Gene Hackman will play Marissa. He's good in everything. <laughs> <laughs> who will play you? Uh, and who plays Michael? Yeah, who plays somebody? You plays well, Michael? when they casted the BWF movie, I forget who they had played. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, I think right. her name was like Sir. Oh yeah, Sorcia Ronan. This yeah. is it. We've got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who I plays Michael? I don't know who plays Michael. We need to get a big actor. Mm. Um. I don't really know. It's Michael. too bad. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, Gandolfini could have done it. But, oh, uh, so we watched this. Oh, he would love that. But Michael does talk in it. Michael loves Bo's Italian accent because Michael loves to talk in an Italian accent. My family's all. I Italian, mean, we do so have to loves. like we do have to take a bit of a step back here and just imagine the fact that there was a, a, a an NFL player who was starting an NFL who was starting a playoff <laughs> game who watched the Danucci like. <laughs> song i literally like, sent it to him like i was like this is the best thing that. ever <laughs> he's watched all these like like he anything we did at i'm so sorry michael <laughs> <laughs> from the other room he's probably you know he knows more about what's going on with uh 
the Eagles than a lot of other teams. Eagles and Jets. He did watch all of my Jets podcasts too. I have to give him that. Connor would be very mad if I didn't say this that. This is the only. Um, this is the only thing we don't like, Marissa. You don't. You don't have to give them enough. You don't have to give them. We actually, Although, you know, Connor retweeted the story today, so it's okay. We actually have a, a Michael Dunn in the Jets chat, and they discovered each other that they were both <laughs> Michael Dunns. So now they call each other one A and one B. So it's like a little. Who's who? Um. So. The, the the guy that was in there was originally 1A, but then he found out Michael played football, so he was like, mm. no, 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 you deserve the 1A title. <laughs> so Michael, Michael, my fiancé, is 1A, and the other guy is 1B now. That's good. So, yeah. Um, my dream is 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 for someone from, like, Wolf's Den fame to sign with the Browns and, uh, like, Michael to have a conversation in the Browns locker room with, about you with, with, with like uh, – with like Corey Graham, right? You know, well, like, there's there's some, there's some former Eagles on the Browns <laughs> right now. Um, good old Malik Jackson just came over to the Browns. Malik Jackson, that's right. Um, I don't know that uh, Malik yeah, and I, I did not, any- uh, we didn't have enough enough time together <laughs> on a non in a non COVID environment. <laughs> uh, who uh, who who is like the most unexpected or interesting person you heard from today? Um, I was telling Bo before we started, I got an email from my old professor at Maryland, um, who was the first ombudsman ever for ESPN. Um, his name is George, George Solomon. Solomon. Yes. Of course, Zach. I was actually going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. maybe we, we you should have given Zach a toucan you. Toucan you. <laughs> yeah. He got that very quick. Of course, he's going to get that. Yes. Yeah, so I got an email from George, and George has been so instrumental in my career and such a great guy. Um so that was really nice to see. Um, and then I've been getting a lot of texts from people that I went to school with. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I said, like I was never shy about telling about all of my health issues that I went through, like if in person, but I never posted anything about it. So some people I went to college with didn't know. And when they read it, they were like, I can't believe, you know, you didn't say anything, but I just never really knew how. Um but so it was really nice, like catching up with all of the, you know, the guy that I'll give him a shout out, Scott Kornberg. He was the um, news director at WMEC Sports at Maryland. And he gave me my first gig covering Maryland women's soccer as a freshman. So he sent me a nice text today. So it that was really cool. Like all the different people that I've, you know, worked with throughout um, my career and just, you know, catching up with them. It's really nice. Well deserved. Diana Rossini's boyfriend, if you're listening, or husband <laughs> rather, if you're listening, get get Diana to give a shout out to her former intern. Let's go. <laughs> She's great, and Michael actually saw her too um, when he was playing in the XFL because she did mm. a lot of the sideline stuff. So I think he introduced himself. So <laughs> uh, you got anything else, Zach? I mean, I, I could ask questions all day, but I'm I'm very happy well, you're, for well, you're a good reporter. <laughs> I'm very happy for for both of you guys. I think it was a worthy story to be told, and I think it was told exceedingly well. I'm I'm fascinated though by like I don't think Bo's life is going to be that much different right now. <laughs> like 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 Bo has. I'm I'm fascinated by by how how your life is is different now um, because I imagine it's like a weight off your shoulders to a certain extent, but. Uh, like with, I, I mean, and I say this respectfully because that Steelers game was outstanding, but but Michael it has still been like a an anonymous offensive lineman in a six that right. or a four thousand word story on the Athletic that that en- enhances the profile a bit, right? So uh, 
So this is, you know, he's, he's, he's got a bigger spotlight on him now too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to pay. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, working... Nick Chubb, uh, he's, he's gonna get Nick Chubb residuals, right? <laughs> he's working really hard to make that team. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah, he's put in a lot, a lot of work, but you know, like a lot of guys put in a lot of work. So, you know, um, well, well, we'll there's see what happens. But... You, you, gave the, must... you gave the perspective, which I think is, is uh, really well said that like, it's amazing what Michael was able to do and like what he was able to, uh, you know, the stick to um, throughout all of that. But it's also sort of um, humbling to think about um, how, how fortunate he was to be able to do that. Um, whereas mm-hmm. there were, you know, presumably other people out there who, who, if they um, had the means to be able to, to hang on as long, maybe, maybe they would get their shot or people who just never got their shot. So um, I thought, I thought your perspective was really, um, was really nice about that. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, we are so fortunate to, you know, have the support from both of our families and he was able to keep following his dream. But I think about that all the time, like how much talent there is out there that, you know, can't wait that year to hopefully get picked back up again. Like if they, they have to move on or they have to, you know, find a job that, you know, they could just make a steady paycheck um, because, you know, it's a week to week thing in the NFL practice squad active roster really too you know like you gotta show up every week and you know hope for the best kind of thing so i do think that you know that's something that's also you know easily forgotten that who knows how much talent there is out there um if guys just get a chance to prove it so how much does it piss you off then when uh when when we're like breaking down in practice and we're like or a, a game and we're like yeah jamon brown can't block in this situation <laughs> and you're and you're there thinking do you guys you realize- have a jamon brown story that you maybe <laughs> like, can't tell like do you guys that. realize how hard it is to block a defensive tackle in the nfl like you know like when, i mean when you, you have like, cameron hayward on the other side you know i understand the media aspect obviously i probably understand that even more like that's sure. you know more of what i've been experienced yeah. but like you know i also understand the personal side of things sure. obviously because of him but you know i think there's a there's a fine balance but yeah. I, can I, we, I was can we make you the, the like the offensive line um expert <laughs> of the show i mean i would say i'm no expert but i could try my best <laughs> okay we could use that we could use that help i was telling bo i was like I know way too much about offensive linemen. <laughs> like how many you name around the league? <laughs> I was like thinking about that. Like I should quiz myself. Like, can I name one person on <laughs> every offensive line? I don't want to do that live like Zach. I, yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, oh no. Give me that. I'm like, rewind, rewind. Zach definitely probably could. Yeah. But. And and then last night or or two days ago, whenever it was, when we're talking about Brandon Brooks's diet, are you like, yeah, that's that's my life every day? Like the Taco Bell lines. So Michael actually eats super healthy, but okay. so, so much food. Like he doesn't eat fast food or anything like that, but like, I mean, so much food. Like it's so hard to cook for him because <laughs> I'm basically cooking for like six people um, during the office. <laughs> and your mom's getting mom. on you about it, right? <laughs> yeah. So my mom <laughs> makes fun of me for not being able to cook yet. Like being the Italian mother that she is, she always just is like, I'll do it for you, you know? I'll make you guys chicken. I'll grill three pounds of chicken. So he has it in the fridge <laughs> kind of thing. So he definitely kept, she definitely kept him fed pretty much all off season, but thankfully 
the facility feeds them most of the time. They get mm-hmm. to take home dinner. So that's always pretty good. So I just have to fend for myself usually, which is a lot easier. But. Uh, someone does suggest in the chat that um, we now have to do a feature story on Shield's life. And I think because I've done Marissa, Zach, it's it, it'll be your turn to do a Shield feature. Yeah. That way we will all have everything covered. <laughs> I would love that. I, anytime you can write about a, so, a national figure, it, it, yeah. it, gets, yeah, it gets a lot of steam. So back to yesterday's episode when you teased that I know a lot about Cleveland, Shield will actually be here mm. next week. So we already made dinner plans on Tuesday. So I'm nice. going to work, I'm gonna have to work. He's going to be the first. We, we've it. never met in person. He's going to be the first no. one to meet you in person. Yeah. And, maybe he, maybe yeah. he can do the pod from, from your dinner. apartment. Yeah. Pod from dinner. Yeah. It will be interesting to see his legs. You know, we've always seen each other. <laughs> A lot of people say that about Shield. The first thing they have to say is, those are some interesting legs. <laughs> That's a drop, Marissa. That's a drop. <laughs> I think life. that is a drop. I think yes. we need to make that a drop. Yes. <laughs> Sheila so should show up. Excited. Sheila should show up with like, I don't know, <laughs> fully shaved legs or something. Something weird, like, like leg full leg sleeve tattoos. I don't know. I I, I do want to reinforce to our our listeners, like I I've asked Marissa a lot of questions about being the significant <laughs> other of of a of a professional football player. And I've made light of the fact that like our podcast can be a joke sometimes, but like Marissa is an outstanding journalist, like she, on her own merits. Uh, she, 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 she merits a story as well. So I, I don't want to belittle that as like, uh, and no disrespect to Michael, but uh, I, I thought the line in the story was, uh, was when Marissa was upholding her professional integrity and Mike was like, you're afraid of being outed by a camp body. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I just I, never I wanted cool. anything. I never wanted anything to be awkward, you know? So there was actually the game versus the Eagles last year, the Browns-Eagles game. Um, the the weather was, game, as we all re- think of it. Yes. The weather was, I mean, just brutal. <laughs> so like, uh, like, I've never been so cold, wet, just disgusting in my life and i'm in the parking lot like trying to feel my fingers to drive home and we're texting in our um chat me and uh zach and jason like ready to record in 20 minutes i'm like yeah sure <laughs> lowering it oh up <laughs> i'm like still wet i'm like wow i can't imagine anybody sitting at that game that must have been brutal <laughs> and they're like i know the weather was horrible who would have gone to that and you're biting your lip, yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're excellent reporters as well and you know i just didn't want to make anything awkward it wasn't about you know me not telling them or anything i know but like what a funny text that you know that was for them to get like (laughs) yeah so if you you go to jason jason lloyd's twitter he actually um posted a screenshot of like that conversation um which is pretty funny i actually had gone back and sent that to you bo as well right um yeah i just I would have at that point. I was like, they should hear it from me versus seeing on Twitter. That would pretty be pretty bad. So they're they're great. All right, Zach. Anything else? I mean, uh, you, know, you said you've got questions for days, but well, you know, we yeah, make sure the rest of our lives with Marissa. We can <laughs> we can circle if back. You, if we, we have a honeymoon to plan. So if anyone, you know, I know it's a big thing to talk about our honeymoon on this. show. Did what's her so. name ever reach out? Reach back out to you? 
So I actually forgot to email her and I have the okay. thing up right now. So no, that fine. is on I, my to-do list. Well, because I got like a weird <laughs> email that didn't go through or something. So I, you know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely need some help with that because um, I got a lot on my plate right now. Well, so. it's interesting you bring that up. You know who has who went on a really good honeymoon that I think they'd recommend? Zach, where'd you go? <laughs> I, I went Zach, to Asia. I actually <laughs> never heard this story. So yeah, I, I went to Asia. It was, I, I went to Hong Kong. We had a oh, nice time. Oh, we got a specific. We, we, yeah, we took a uh, we, we took a ferry to uh, Macau. I, I gambled a bit in Macau, so Ooh. yeah, it was a nice time. Nice. Wow. Did you put, where'd you put uh, money on that? Josh Wett leading the league in sacks? Uh, no, no, I I split eights and you know doubled eleven yeah. and yeah, you know how that goes. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, I mean I this is a, this is actually a very significant podcast moment that we just got a specific there, so. The chat I was, is really I was, liking it. I was going to say if if for like the last 45 minutes of the um podcast, if 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 you've enjoyed it but you haven't read the article, uh you you might be a bit confused, but make sure you mm. check it out. And if you don't subscribe, go to uh Bo's Twitter. You can subscribe there, you can get 50% off if you're a new subscriber. Somebody in the chat said <laughs> <laughs> hashtag shields legs. <laughs> we're going off the rails she was gonna like he's got it he has to do something he has to like walk in with a weird walk or something he has to really i mean weird pants he's got to do something to really follow through if he makes it all the way to the end of this episode uh okay well i guess that'll do it um for this episode um thank you to marissa thank you uh thank you to you no Thank you to you and Michael for for um, being so willing to share your story. Um, and thank you know. to the listeners for all. I mean, I've read every comment. Like they are all so like so nice, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. I'm sorry. And I will bring back the mug because yeah, a lot of mug, a lot of mug talk comments. in the comments. Yeah, we've been doing these so late. I'm not having coffee this late, but. Mm. Um, I will bring it back. I'll make tea or something. Uh, I do have to say, Jared in the uh, chat said, Zach finally shared his honeymoon story. Jalen can finally sleep soundly knowing that the lamp is finally full. <laughs> Which I think is very good. Um, okay, so Marissa, uh, for uh, for all the listeners, as always, we love you and thank you. And uh, Zach, we love you too. This is Marissa's day. <laughs>